into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, and we're coming to you from across the country. Mace is still in Indianapolis holding down our combine coverage. I'm back in the great state of Colorado, back in Denver after a uh, very fun time in Indianapolis. And before we get into today's show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because now is the time to get in on MSU Denver, because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education, which will allow you to adapt into varying careers. And we all need that right now. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver. So go check them out where they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. So check them out over at MSU Denver. My boy, Mace, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling all right. Although that being said, I expected to spend Thursday morning uh, talking to offensive linemen and watching some of the weigh-ins. I did not expect to spend it in an emergency dentist's office getting uh, a diagnosis, but uh, that is what life brought me today, unfortunately. So um, I'm, I'm currently uh, on some pain killing meds and uh, trying to find a, a dentist where I can schedule a root canal at the nearest convenience rather so I can save the tooth rather than <sighs> have it pulled I mean, I guess if, if I just want it done today, Zach, I could have they could have just yanked it out oh. right then and there. But I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I like my teeth and uh, <laughs> I've, I've really only got one tooth that has a huge problem. And, uh, you know, the rest of the te- my teeth are in pretty good shape. So I figured I'd just try to re- retain them all so oh, but yeah man, what a <laughs> bummer maze and and mm. for back-to-back nights for very different reasons mm. you haven't got much sleep you are a trooper hanging in there yeah that was the thing like last couple nights ago it was voluntary this this morning waking up at about five o'clock and feeling this absolute throbbing pain in my mouth it was uh it was it, i guess i i can say i'm glad it came two days after the Broncos availability and one day after the quarterbacks, it's like, right. I, I, maybe my body was just trying to get through those. And then it's like, Oh, well, nope, here you go. Here, here. Right. So. <laughs> yep. Your, your body knew. Well, we know one thing that the Broncos are looking for in a quarterback is toughness. And today, Mace, you are displaying exceptional toughness and we really appreciate that. And speaking of the quarterbacks. Of course, we've talked about uh, kind of a broad picture of the Broncos quarterbacks after talking to Nathaniel Hackett, after talking to George Payton earlier this week in Indianapolis. And yesterday we talked about, okay, what if they don't land a top-notch quarterback? Who are other quarterbacks that the Broncos could trade for? But then, of course, there's the option of 
drafting one of these rookies. And we know that is very much in play for the Broncos. And so Mace, we, we broke this down in terms of what George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett are looking for. But one thing I want to do today is take that information, what they want in a quarterback and apply it to this quarterback draft class. If the Broncos do indeed go the route of drafting a quarterback. So we know that Nathaniel Hackett is looking for toughness, which Mace clearly has today. He's looking for intelligence, something else Mace also has today uh, and all the time. He's looking for accuracy. I have eh, no idea eh, how accurate eh. you are, Mace. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, don't, don't, don't rely on my throwing accuracy Let's put that way. And then mm. a cherry on top is athleticism, but that has been made very clear by Nathaniel Hackett that that is just a cherry on top. However, George Payton does say that he looks for accuracy. Another thing that we learned from George Payton is hand size matters, and that will matter when we talk about one quarterback specifically, uh, but height doesn't matter. We don't have to worry about height anymore from Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton. So th those are kind of the, the big things that they're looking for. And uh, we got to see how it relates to this quarterback class. So Mace, my question to you is what's been the biggest change at how you think you or at how you view this quarterback class through the Broncos eyes after these past couple of days? I mean, really, I, I honestly, the last couple of days have not changed all that much in terms of in terms of the view because i think we had the indication that hand size did matter and uh, now we have it on, yeah. on the on the record again not every measure measurable matters yeah but i think we can distill it down to the hands that the hand size does matter at least to george payton it probably does not matter as much to nathaniel hackett yeah. and he basically kind of he was you know, he focuses on the player. Are you a player or are you not? Mm -hmm. um, so you look at Kenny Pickett and the film will tell you he's a player. Yep. The film will also tell you he has fumbled, I believe, 38 times mm -hmm. in his college career. The fumble rate has improved steadily over his time at Pittsburgh, but still the eight and a half inch hands, which is what he measured today at the senior bowl um a quarter inch above the uh reported measurement from a few years ago so hey great he the exercises and everything got him a quarter of an inch he's been on it the brandon not, allen plan mace yeah well brand yeah brandon allen got three eighths of an inch kenny pick only got Ooh. a quarter of an inch so allen got a little bit more <laughs> but uh that that means he has a hand size that is shorter than that is less than every other starting NFL quarterback that right now, the smallest hands uh, are nine inches. Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. Drew Locke has nine inch hands. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and that nine yeah. inches mace is an important number because that's widely regarded as kind of the threshold you have to have. And if you meet that threshold, Okay, it doesn't matter if you have 12-inch hands or nine-and-a-half-inch hands. That's mm -hmm. typically how it's viewed, is just hitting a threshold, and Kenny Pickett doesn't hit that threshold. Like you said, that is he would instantly have the smallest hands of any starting quarterback in the NFL. And to me, Mace, man, I always laughed at hand size, especially with Joe Burrow. And it's like, the dude can just play. Don't worry about it. But... Joe Burrow hit that threshold. I still personally don't want to make too big of a deal of Kenny Pickett's hand size, but one thing we know privately and publicly is that George Payton 
meet th- makes that a big deal. That that was the word he used. Hand size is quote big for him. Mm-hmm. So I have to take that now as I put my personal opinion on hand size aside and say, okay, I have to view this through the lens of hand size being important in him having tiny hands and there's a there's a hilarious picture going around twitter right now of kenny pickett throwing a football with like with tiny tiny hands and obviously that's way an exaggeration of what's going on but the fumbling is an issue the the potential accuracy issues with the nfl size ball uh is is something that's that's drawn into question and unfortunately mace this is the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to the drafting quarterbacks this week is Kenny Pickett's hands. And again, I never thought (laughs) I would be saying this coming out from a week of the combine that this was the biggest takeaway, but it is. Unfortunately, I think in the Denver Broncos eyes, Kenny Pickett has fallen uh, and uh, there's really nothing he can do to, to overcome that himself. You know, he can't grow his hands in in the next uh, couple of weeks, couple of months. Uh, The only thing that would change this is if George Payton falls in love with everything else about Kenny Pickett, which he may. He's a very intelligent guy. Accuracy was fantastic Mm -hmm. last year. Uh, But if that hand size is too big of an issue, which I trust George Payton that that it is going to be an issue, I I really don't know if there's anything Kenny can do. Yeah, there's no pill you can take uh, to make him grow, okay? There's nothing – there's there's no surgery you can have to – get to have bigger hands. I mean, he wears gloves, which did help with some of the uh, ball protection issues this past year, but there's not a lot. He, there's not a lot he can do. And as effective as he was last year, as good, as good as he is at reading a defense at manipulating safeties, we've seen that on the film. uh, This is going to move him down. It will, it will probably, it may even move him off some draft boards entirely yeah. simply because a lot of teams, they operate and say, okay, this, if they have a minimum threshold, we don't care, right? Yeah. If you, yeah. at, at every position, a minimum threshold on bench press reps, uh, at uh, receiver and running back, a minimum threshold on 40 time, on short shuttle time, three, on three cone drill. Every, everybody has thresholds. And if you meet them, then they don't care if you if an old lineman has uh, 25 bench presses and that's the minimum threshold. They don't care if, if he gets to 40. That, that, that doesn't make a difference right. to, to most teams. And that's that's, I think, something that a lot of people don't understand about the, the combine and how teams view the results. It's not like they say, uh, for the most part, they say, wow, oh, this guy had 42 bench press reps. We have to take him. They, they don't, they just want to see that you can reach a certain baseline level. Um, with Kenny Pickett, I think, I'm, I don't know that he's off the Broncos board entirely. I just think this, this probably moves him. This probably moves him down. And because of the cliche, all it takes is one team to fall in love with you. One team is going to look past this and probably still pick him at a reasonable spot in the first round. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't expect that'll be the Broncos. I I expect, I I expect it'll be, it'll be somebody else. And I think now you start kind of coming, combing through the quarterbacks and saying, okay, who else might be on the Broncos list, especially if they do try to take those two second rounders and package him late in the first round, which I think is a more likely way of getting a quarterback if they go QB early. 
And Mace, I don't disagree with you at all. I actually think that's what the Broncos will do. I think they'll draft someone at nine or trade down a little bit and draft someone else and then package up to move up. It's not what I would do, but I do mm-hmm. think that's the way it's trending for the Broncos. And uh, the good thing is for every other quarterback, at least in my eyes, I don't think any other quarterback is trending down in the Broncos' eyes after this week. In fact, I think there's some guys that are staying even and some guys that are trending up. Do you think there's any other guys that are trending down in the Broncos' eyes, Mace? Not this week, no. Yep, yep. And and I, I agree with you there. And so two of the guys that I think are trending up, one of them is Carson Strong. This is a guy we haven't talked about recently But man, when you go through what the Broncos are looking for and what Carson Strong is, he has got it. When you're talking accuracy, he's got it, Mace. He has two seasons of 70.1% completion. That is terrific. When you're talking uh, uh, intelligence, football IQ, he has got that. The way he manipulates defenses, uh, you point to it all the time. How much Jay Norvell at Nevada put on his plate and he was able to succeed with flying colors with that proves that he has the football intelligence and the stats prove that out too. 27 touchdowns, four picks two years ago, 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions just last year. Uh, and toughness, this is a guy that uh, ha- has certainly battled injury and, and he's battling that injury now. Uh, and and then athleticism, Carson Strong doesn't have it. But that's not something Nathaniel Hackett needs. So that's that's a bonus that Carson Strong doesn't have. But in terms of the three big things, Carson Strong probably hits those better than anyone else. And there were some rumblings coming out of Mobile. They didn't interview well down there, but it seems like the, the buzz here is that he's rectified that in his in his interviews with teams. Mm-hmm. Of course, some of that he, you know, maybe he uh maybe. For all we know, he has had a bad day, bad week. I mean, you, you never know sometimes with guys. That's why, especially a quarterback being so important, you don't want to just have one contact point with them. You want to have two, three, four. You want to have, if you're really looking at the position, you want to have the meeting at the senior bowl, the meeting at the combine. Uh, if you can uh, go to pro day, if you can get him in your f- facility as part of the, uh, the the 30 visits, you want to get as much time as you as possible and get and, and get a real good feel for that. So I think that's a pot that that's a positive for, uh, for Carson strong. I think on a league wide basis, another guy who's uh, improved his estimation in the interview process this week uh, from teams is Malik Willis out of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He is blowing people mm-hmm. away. Mace. And did you see the video that came out just about an hour ago of what he did at the combine? Uh, no, not yet. There's a video floating around uh, that that there was someone on the street, uh, just just a random person. And Malik Willis uh, has a bag with him. He opens the bag and starts giving, I think, clothes to this person to help them. Just incredible. And and, and no one else mm-hmm. was around him. No teammates, no coaches, no anyone. The person that got this video was across the street, I think, inside a building. So Malik Willis did this extremely generous thing mm-hmm. uh, with no one watching that just shows the character that he has and Malik Willis Mace like you said he is blowing people away in interviews just like he did at the senior bowl this is another step for him of blowing Mm -hmm. people away Uh, and then he's also you know hitting the the human aspect with this video that's circulating right now he is a guy where I don't think he's trending up in the Broncos eyes 
I just think he's staying put because I think that he is quarterback number one. Now, maybe I do need to separate this a little bit. I think in the Broncos eyes, he probably is trending up uh, a a little bit, Uh, but I think he's right there at the top of the Broncos board. Yeah. And certainly, uh, definitely the more, the most athletic of the quarterbacks that, uh, that we're talking about. But uh, when you talk, but you talk about, intelligence and that's coming out in the interviews that he has a very high football IQ. And the question then becomes like when you're going through the uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, when you're going through the Nathaniel Hackett checklist, you're saying, okay, what about the accuracy? Because we know he's got an arm that is a a thunderbolt. I mean, if the Broncos drafted Malik Willis, they would have, their strongest armed quarterback since Jay Cutler, in my opinion. Yep. And the thing is though, if you're talking about baseline, okay. Do, do they meet a baseline? If you establish say, can did it, reaching 60% completion percentage as a baseline? Well, Malik Willis did that twice at Liberty. If that's so, if that's your baseline, he's hit, he's hit that baseline. I'm in, and, and Probably with some more work, with some more work, he can become a 65% passer in the NFL. I think the tool, the tools are there uh, for him to make that happen. The thing with Malik Willis, though, is Zach, if the Broncos want him, it's probably at nine or even moving up a little bit. And I don't know that that's something that they're that they're going to do. I think I think, and that's where you maybe start talking about you know, a, a Sam Howell yeah. and a Desmond Ritter as possibilities later on. Yeah, exactly right. Spot on Mace. And and that's where uh, when we talk in, and when, when athleticism was mentioned as a bonus, I think a lot of people thought, okay, well, Malik's off their board. No, 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 no. That that's, that's not the case at all. But what I think that does show is that I think Malik Willis is going to have more value and be more valued by another team more than the Broncos. So Malik Willis can still be the Broncos quarterback number one, and I think he's very high on their board. Uh, but that's going to require, like you said, a trade-up of involving potential future, future first-round picks. To do that, I don't think the Broncos view him in that light right now. And Sam Howell, mm-hmm. Mace, this guy certainly rose in the Broncos book this week. In my opinion, Sam Howell is a guy that we've had on our radar. Thanks to you for over a year now, (laughs) Mace. actually like two years now. He is a guy that has proven at times and often, I should say that he has football intelligence, his freshman year, 38 touchdowns, seven picks next year, 30 touchdowns, seven picks. And then last year took a step back, but it wasn't bad by any means. 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions, intelligence, or, or, or uh, accuracy, 61.4% his freshman year. Sophomore year, 68%. And then it dropped down a little bit to 62.5%, but still, all three of those years, way over the 60% completion for his career, pretty much 64% completion. Uh, and and toughness, I haven't seen anything that would make me question Sam Howell's toughness. That's going to be a, a hard one to really point to, but I think this is a guy, especially where then athleticism is a bonus. This guy's not Malik Willis by any means, but boy, do do I think he has the athleticism Mm -hmm. to be a perfect fit in what Nathaniel Hackett's offense wants to do. 
Yeah, and I'd say toughness for Sam Howell. That's actually maybe item number one on the mm. checklist watching him, especially given what he had to work with, what was around him, how he was under siege for basically the entire 2021 season. Uh, some protection issues, of course, they had new skill position players, and basically it was just this, most of the season was an all-out assault on Sam Howell in the pocket. And that certainly leads to some concerns because his sack rate did spike last year dealing with that pressure. But you watch somebody who was doing anything to try to keep plays alive, uh, who ran the ball more, la more last year than, all than almost in his previous two years combined. He had 186 carries in 2019 and 2020 combined. He had 183 in 2021 and, and, and ran for 828 yards. And remember, in college, the sack yards count toward the rushing yards. So the reality is that Sam Howell actually was, was running through people for about six, about six seven yards a clip when yep. he took off and ran the ball and frequently was breaking tackles. Uh, he says he's got to, he admits he's got to learn to get out of bounds. He's got to kind of get, he was kind of working instinctually to try to get maximize the yards, but he knows he can't take the hit hits. He also talked about how he learned something about himself in terms of leadership last year, how he could have done better that sometimes he admits he got, he got a little bit frustrated at, at times. And that was something that he wants to improve on. So another thing I liked about Sam Howell, and I think teams like is that self-awareness there's, there's a humility about him. And the reason why I would I, I say that, I use the word humility and, and understanding, okay, this is where I went wrong. This, this humbled me a bit. I'm, I know I've got to get better at this. When Nathaniel Hackett talked about the coaching staff, he talked about wanting people who had humility, you know, willing to kind of swallow their egos a little bit uh, for the team and, and, and learn some new things. And I can't imagine that Sam ha that uh, Sam Howell showing some humility doesn't resonate with Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos as well, and the philosophy they're trying to create or organizationally. I, I could, I, I, and also on top of that, Zach, we've talked about his deep ball accuracy. Hackett wants to go vertical, and the most prominent tool in Sam Howell's toolbox is. Deep ball accuracy. We saw him under center at the senior bowl execute the play fake boot and have some beautiful deep passes. I could see him running this offense really well if given the chance. Mm -hmm. I can as well, Mace. And I want to rank these guys, but got to get your take on where you think Desmond Ritter is sits after this week. Did he stay even, move up, move down? Where is he in your book? I think he moved up slightly. And, and part of it was he, after Senior Bowl week, which was really rough for him, he had nowhere to go but up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I'd I, say he moved I, up. I, I completely, I, I completely agree. I, I think he did move up a little bit. You know, he hits the intelligence, he hits the accuracy that the Broncos mm -hmm. are looking for, and the athleticism as a bonus. He, he certainly has, but I do think he's in. He's not one of those top guys, and I want mm -hmm. to rank those. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where if you use the code DNVR, you'll get twenty five percent off each and every purchase, whether you're online uh, on their website or whether you are one in one of their stores and they have wana right now wana optimals is a fast asleep 20 to 100 thc to cbd 
CBD. And if you need to get some shut eye, make sure to get in on Wana. It will help you give you a well-rounded sleep and feel and help you feel rested and refreshed in the morning. And again, use that code DNVR to get 25% off your non-sale items over at Lightshade Dispensary. Also, I want to tell you about Ranch Rider Spirits, of course. Uh, we've been telling you about them over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, the, these are alcoholic beverages in a can. They're, get, they're, they're guaranteed to refresh, and they don't use any added sugars or artificial preservatives. So, for example, you get their ranch water, which is what started all. Ranch Rider is the first place to put ranch water in a can. All that is is tequila, sparkling water, fresh squeezed lime in a 12 ounce can. Very refreshing. They've got their take on the mule that's called the buck. And again, I can just, I'll just go through the ingredients one more time. Vodka, sparkling water, real ginger, fresh squeezed lime. There's no poly unpronounceables in the ranch rider spirits. It's just stuff, you know, and they're using high quality vodka, high quality, high quality tequila. Uh, so they got those drinks. The tequila Paloma is, has, has got, grapefruit and orange and lime tequila sparkling water and sea salt again it's just stuff that you know good stuff if you want to find out where you can get those ranch rider spirits go to their website that's ranchriderspirits.com and find the nearest liquor store package store convenience store whatever that's got some of those delicious ranch rider spirits they've been a favorite over uh of the dnvr staff and if you try them, you might find they're going to be a favorite of yours as well. So check that out at ranchriderspirits.com. And check us out over at DNVR, not only on our website, thednvr.com, but come check out the bar. We've got happy hour going on every single day at 3 p.m. So come over and check us out. Get a Breck beer when you're there. And also check us out on the website, thednvr.com. And when you get an annual membership, you will get a free T-shirt of your choice. You also get to leave comments on this podcast. We love hearing from you guys today. And we're going to jump into those comments in the third section. But first, May, I want to grade. I want to rank these guys and how the Broncos view them. And let's just start off right with number one. How do you think that who who is the number one guy on the Broncos board this week? Ooh, ooh, ooh! I'm going. I'm going to say it's Malik Willis. Oh wow! I love it, Mace. I love it, and. Uh, is it close between one and two? Yeah, it's close. And actually, I'm going to say it's close one, two, three. Okay, one, one, close one, two, and three. I am also think it is very close between one and two at least. And I'm going to give a little different of a prediction. I'm going to say Sam Howell, your guy, Mace, mm -hmm. is actually number one in the Broncos' eyes. And I'm going to say number two is Malik Willis right there. Those guys mm -hmm. are very close. Right, I'm gonna have Sam Howell number number two again. I just think it, I think it's really tight between those two, but the, it's also going to be about evaluating positional value and pick value as well as well, and forecasting how the the draft board goes. And yeah. the question may be, what do we like better? Do we like Malik Willis having to trade up to five yeah. better than we like Sam Howell? with a trade back and maybe another deal with the second round picks. Do you like Malik Wallace at five better than Sam Howell at 21? 
Yeah. And, and I think they may say Sam Howell at 21. In that yeah. Case. And, and, and the way I even want to view it is not, not even say the Broncos trade back. Do you like Sam Howell at five and giving up a future first round pick? Or do you like, or, or I'm sorry, Malik Willis at five with giving up a future first round pick? Or do you like Sam Howell at nine without having to give anything up? And I think because it's going to be really close between them, they're going to say, well, since it's close, we're going to take the guy that we don't have to trade anything for, or mm-hmm. best case scenario, like you're saying, Mace, you don't even have to use that ninth overall pick on him. You can get him later. Exactly. And that's, and that's the thing. If you can, if you could come out of the first day of the draft and let's say you take those second round picks or some other package of picks and you back move back up into day one, if you come out of this and you get an edge rusher and a quarterback uh, and get good and, and get value, what you perceive to be value on the quarterback by getting somebody you really like at a uh, via trade at around pick 20, 21, 22 or so, uh, you won. You won the day if you're the Denver Broncos. Yep. Yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely, will have won the day. Yep. Ad, absolutely, without a doubt. All right, Mace. I gotta know who your number three is because there may be some separation on my board between two and three, but I like that there's not on yours. Yeah. Uh, number three, and again, it, it's it's close, but I think uh, probably it, it's it's a it's a clear three on this would be Matt Crow out of Mississippi. Hmm. Yes, man. I just keep forgetting about Matt Corral. I didn't even bring him up in the first. And, and it's it's nothing to do of of his fault. It's uh, it's just he just has not been in the news at all this offseason. But he's again probably my, my he's he's up there with one of my top quarterbacks as well. So I I do agree with this. And maybe there isn't that much separation between two and three. I think I think you're right on that evaluation. Matt Corral certainly has showed toughness. He has the accuracy in this past year. He really did display that intelligence. So I like that. And and he's a guy where he's really going under the radar, this draft process. This is someone that maybe you really can trade back to 15 to 22 and get him. Or if not, and let's say Sam Howell goes seven, Malik Willis is five. You should definitely be able to get him at nine. Right. He's sitting there uh, like simple minds, the old song saying, don't you forget about me. That's (laughs) yeah. And because he can't go out there because of that injury that he suffered in the Sugar Bowl uh, back on New Year's Day, he does run the risk of being a little bit forgotten, at least publicly. I assure you, teams have not forgotten about him, but they certainly would have liked to have seen him out there this week. They would have loved to have seen seen him at the Senior Bowl, too. And I think actually losing the Senior Bowl really hurt him because – one of the things we can say with all of these quarterbacks is that you, except for Kenny Pickett, there were more pro concepts at Pitt than in the other offenses that you saw these guys come from. You wanted to see Matt Corral and how he would look with his drop from under center, because that's not something he did a lot of at Mississippi actually really didn't do it at all, basically. And so we're not going to get that glimpse until pro day at the, at the earliest, if Howell had gone to the senior bowl, if he had not been injured and been able to go down there, we might be talking about Sam ha- or, 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 or Corral. Sorry. If Corral had gone down there, we might talk, be talking about, about him as number one, but mm-hmm. he lost that opportunity. And so right now it's very much in that, okay, we don't know how he's going to be on his drop. We don't know how he's going to be executing a play because we just haven't seen it. Yeah, and I think whoever ends up with Matt Corral is going to be very, very happy because they're going to get a value pick on him when 
you shouldn't be getting a value on a guy that last year threw 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, 68% completion. The year before that, he topped 70% completion with 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. This guy is a baller and he has that athleticism. That's a bonus. Uh, Mm. Almost like Sam Howell in terms of uh, he's not run first by any means, but he does have that uh, in his arsenal that he can use. So I really like that. And then Mace, is there a big drop off between three and four for you? Um, I think given what we know about, uh, how George Payton feels, yes, if we're making this board, I think there's a big drop off. Yep. And who, who would it be? Kenny Pickett. Mm. And based off this week coming into this week, I certainly would have agreed with you, but based off this week, I'm actually going to put Carson strong Mm, as my number four with Kenny Pickett being number five. Okay. And I've got strong five and then Ritter six. Yep. And I, I have, I have Ritter six as well. What is it Mace? What, what is it about Ritter that just is putting him at pretty much the bottom of most people's boards? Well, I mean, the arm talent isn't uh, measuring up to, to Carson strong, for example. And uh, really you're going to have to, you're gonna have to build him up into, into a pocket passer. And with the, with some of the other cat, quarterbacks and we, we see this at the senior bowl for those who were there there was something that made you say wow i mean with malik willis it was the the arm talent and the ability to, to take off and and run and make an explosive run uh sam Howell, deep deep ball kenny kenny pickett on the days when it wasn't raining like mad he he's accurate he can manipulate safeties he, he really knows what he's doing pre-snap uh and and how to diagnose a defense um and then and then Carson Strong, he's got some significant arm talent, even though he he's a statue back there. Des, uh, Desmond Ritter, just you don't see an eye popping trait when you walk, especially when you watched him at the Senior Bowl last last month. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's anything special uh, about his game in terms of how it relates to the NFL. And then we can talk about value here. And I hate talking value at the quarterback position, as you know, Mace, Mm -hmm. but Desmond Ritter, I think you can certainly get him in the second round. Carson Strong, if they really if he has really jumped up in their board, well, maybe that's certainly a guy that you don't have to take at nine. You can trade back into the twenties, maybe even grab him in the second round. And I think Kenny Pickett's an interesting one because I think the, some other teams in the NFL will view him more favorably than the Broncos. Mm -hmm. So he may not slide as far as the Broncos would be comfortable with, but these are guys where, man, if the Broncos like four of these quarterbacks and they don't love any of them, then you're not talking about taking them at nine. You are talking about trading back somewhere somewhere in the 20s, mate, whether you're trading back down or whether you're trading two second-round picks to get up in order to get one of these guys. And as we talked about, there, there could be three, four guys that they like. And if that's the case in a weak quarterback draft class, one of them will probably be there in the 20s. And that's where we're talking about this scenario where the Broncos don't draft one at nine, but they'd use those picks to jump up and get one. Exactly. And... um you know, how they, how they manipulate this draft is going to be fascinating. I think also uh, where, where, what they do in free agency, I think is going to uh, have a little bit of an impact as well. Is there an urgency to add a, a spot and sort of how, how the board falls? Cause look, like, for example, we know the Broncos are looking at right tackle. That's a priority, but I say free agency because of, because of this in mind, 
Bobby Massey, I don't think is going to sign with anybody unless he signs with the Broncos immediately. Yep. So it's possible that you could be sitting there and let's say you go exit nine and then the, the first round is going on and say Sam Howell was there in the twenties. And you know that Massey, you'd be able to get him back to bridge the gap another, of another year. We know that George Payton wants to solve right tackle long-term, that it's a priority, but he did express openness to having Massey back this week. And this is just, uh, he's really cagey. He's somebody who keeps all his options open. So if the draft board falls a certain way, a quarterback they really like gets to the twenties and they've gone edge at nine, which even if they go Asian for Asians there, I think they're going to look edge at nine there because I think they are in pass rusher hunt mode this off season that you say, all right, We'd love to get right tackle signed, but for the long term on day two. But here's the opportunity to get a quarterback that we particularly like. And at that point, you move, you, you package the picks, you move up to the back part of round one, you make that deal. And then, and I think they could make it pretty easily because a lot of teams value picks 30 to 70. I know George Payton has said that's kind of the sweet spot value-wise this year. So you could make that move up into the 20s, get your quarterback, get the fifth-year option. And then pick up – you can maybe take your third-round picks and move back up into round two if you want, or you can just pick up the phone, call Bobby Massey down in Larkspur and say, hey, you want to come back for another year? And I think that possibility would still be sitting out there, and, and then that would get you through. So there are multiple directions the Broncos could, could go in right now, but the point is they're going to have flexibility to do whatever they want. I think what you just said there, Mace, is music to George Payton's ears. I think he would love if that situation unfolded, especially if there's two or three guys that he likes at the quarterback position. I think he'd be willing to roll the dice there because it's not like we've seen him go all out for the quarterback position uh, in his one year with the Broncos. Of course, things can change, but from what we know, he, he hasn't been willing to do anything to get that quarterback. And so that would kind of point to a trade back there. I really, really think we're on to something here, Maze. And before we dive into the questions, got to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. I've got a cup of Strava Craft Coffee getting me going this morning into this afternoon. And if you want to get your cup of Strava Craft Coffee yourself, use the code DNVR over at StravaCraftCoffee.com, DNVR25. That'll get you 25% off your entire order of Strava Craft coffee strava craft coffee of course helps relieve aches pains headaches migraines anything that's going on that cbd infusement that strava has will help alleviate that some people also say it gets rid of the coffee jitters and joint pain so make sure to check them out and use that code dnvr25 over at stravacraftcoffee.com and then subscribe to strava craft coffee and you'll get 20 percent off every single order after that that's stravacraftcoffee.com also want to tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. They reach out and let us know how great their experience was, and they thank us for leading them such a wonderful practice. There's nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners, so tell us your experience if you've made the switch. If you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans like all of us. If you become a new patient, they'll send you a personal card to your home. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. 
That's right, a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a terrific toothbrush. It'll promote good brushing habits for you. So if you're going Green Mountain Dental, tag us and let them know when and then when you go there. Show them how this community can support our biggest supporters like the folks over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They'll treat you like family. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, a longtime DMVR partner. They show us love. So show them some love. Check out Green Mountain Dental and get that cleaning x-ray and exam to get a free Sonicare toothbrush at Green Mountain Dental today. Mace, let's jump into the comment section and talk to the people. First one coming in from Orange Crushing It. I feel like we need to throw some cold water on the talk about getting a franchise quarterback via trade. When has that ever happened for any team? Sure, there was Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers trading thing at the draft, but when has an established franchise quarterback ever been traded? If a quarterback is good enough for the Broncos to give up multiple first-round picks and then some, he's good enough for his team isn't going to trade him. Imagine the Broncos had Rodgers and have been to the championship multiple times now try to sell the fan base on trading him for first round picks and pinning our hopes on jordan love come on deshaun watson might be the only exception due to the franchise being a hot mess rogers wilson and kyler are not getting traded best we can hope for is they stay to end uh to the end of their contract and come to denver via free agency this year is the same as last year it's either drew lock a draft pick or vet to be named during free agency but not a franchise level guy that's it thanks for all you do much love from cali to denver and we love you orange crushing it the only pushback i'll give here Mm -hmm. well i think there's two things one this is a new day in the nfl so yes history wouldn't suggest that this is something that happens all the time uh but it is a new day where players are really having more power and i do think we're going to see more top end quarterbacks trade teams in the coming decade and also it happened last year Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. was traded a franchise guy. He was without a doubt Detroit's franchise quarterback. He was traded for two first round picks. So there is an example of that happening one year ago. Right. Exactly. I mean, you've got other examples like uh, guys who were kind of fringe and then the trade boosted them up and made them into viable franchise quarterbacks. You think like uh, Jim Plunkett back in the day. Um, uh, with the Raiders, he kicked around. He ended up with the Raiders as, as a as a backup quarterback. After actually, he had been traded to San Francisco and then released by the 49ers and then went on to the Raiders and and became and made something out of himself. But you said it; it's a new day. If a quarterback isn't satisfied with the situation, they're going to look to move on, and they know that they have the hand to be able to move on and get to and get what they want. So that's one of the reasons why I think a trade. Uh, maybe not something that you'd uh, consider a viable avenue before, but very much so today. Exactly. Mike 1809 says, my boys, great coverage from Studio I. 4 a.m.? You guys are wild men and women looking at you, Allie. A few quick hitters today. One, does DNVR sell baby clothes? I'm so pumped to announce that my wife and I are expecting our first kiddo in September, and that baby is going to be decked out in Broncos and DNVR gear. Woohoo, man. Congratulations, Mike. That is so cool. As of now, we don't have any baby gear, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's something we'll get going to, to get your little kiddo decked out. Exactly. One, Pretty awesome. He says, yeah, that is cool. Two, what's your go-to cocktail when you're out? I'm pegging RK as a whiskey Coke guy. Mace is a G&T man, and with Zach's spicy takes over the past few months, I'm guessing he gets a jump start on the night with a jalapeno-infused margarita. Ooh. Oh, I can certainly go for a jalapeno-infused margarita. I can I can go with anything. This uh, The combine, I was going tequila soda. Yeah, I'm I'm a Moscow Mule guy. I, mm-hmm. a gin and tonic just doesn't have enough flavor for me. 
I need something with a that that, that with a, that's a little a little bit sweeter. So that, that's yeah, why, I, yeah. G and T is very old school, and uh, I like a little sweetness. The other thing about the the uh, Moscow Mule is that, of course, it's ginger beer, and so it's got like there's more ounces of fluid in there, and so you've got a beverage in there in the ginger beer that kind of dilutes the effect a little bit, and I find that Moscow Mules very rarely leave me with a hangover the next morning. Oh, because wow. I, because I've, because you, because usually I mean, like if you do it, you've got five or six ounces of ginger beer in there. Right. Yep. So you've got, you've got a little more liquid to kind of, di kind of diffuse the alcohol a little bit in turn, in terms of your system absorbing it. And then if I can just get it, if I have some Moscow mules and then I just get a glass, a glass of water at some point, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I had, I had five drinks on, um, I had five drinks on, on Tuesday night and, uh, I was at, I was up and raring to go the next morning. So I had just a lot couple, more trouble with just the a couple thing. hours later, honestly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but when I'm out, I, I can, I can go a lot of different routes, man. But if I, if I'm going for one delicious drink, I'm going aviation. That is my drink of choice. He goes on and says three. Very cool to hear Ryan Green is joining the crew. He was fun to listen to on Three Ring a few weeks ago, and just wanted to give him a shout out for joining onto the squad. Yes, shout out to another Ryan joining the staff. We love him. Mm -hmm. And four. Yep. Finally, I miss hearing the comments from the count. If you're out there, count. I hope you're living your best life and continuing to wax poetic about our beloved Broncos. We miss you too, Count. He says, okay, you may now proceed with the football coverage. Love the comment and hearing from you, Mike, 1809. Yeah, not good stuff. Appreciate it. And uh, I do know that I do know the Count is doing well. Yes, so. very, very good to hear. We love him. Yeah. Mile high till I die. My boys. Here's a scenario for you. The Broncos are on the clock with the ninth pick of the draft. Malik Willis went second overall to the Lions, and Kenny Pickett went sixth to the Panthers. Your options are pick Matt Crowell at nine, trade back and pick Sam Howell in the back half of round one, or last choice, take a top defensive player at line at nine, use draft capital to trade back into the first round and draft Sam Howell. You know what, Mile High Till I Die, you're going to like our first two segments because mm -hmm. we dive into just that, and I think what we said probably provides the answer for what we would rather see of these three. Yep, absolutely. Love the question, Mile High Till I Die. Pig Tosser 66 says, after the intro to today's pod, I just can't help but picture Zach waking up this morning, missing a tooth, and May strolling around Lucas Oil Stadium wearing a Snuggie with a baby he found somewhere. Sounds like fun. Wish I was there. Uh, had an absolute blast. Yep. Wanted, to say, wanted to get your thoughts on Jimmy G trade and pairing it with a Carson Strong pick at the end of the first round. They seem very similar to me, so the offense wouldn't change if and when Jimmy misses some time. And I think Strong has a chance to be really good if that knee checks out. Thoughts? Uh, possibly. I mean, we talked about Strong earlier in the, in the podcast. I just, I just want no part of the Jimmy G trade. Uh, that's, that's where you lose me on that. I don't get how that pairing would work. In fact, right now, with Jimmy G's surgery and not being fully ready to go until training camp, 
I don't really know how that helps that much with pairing him with a rookie. If you go Jimmy G, I think you're going all in on Jimmy G for a year and trying to build your team around him and giving him weapons and then moving on once you realize that uh, he's not going to be as good as you hoped. Uh, Because Jimmy G, you're going to get a guy that's going to be hurt at times and then your rookie's going to be forced in at a weird situation. It just just doesn't, those two don't pair up for me. Now, maybe in a year or two, Jimmy G certainly turns out to be that veteran guy uh, who who really just is a Teddy Bridgewater uh, sort of bridge quarterback. But right now, that contract, it, it doesn't add up. Yeah, it doesn't. Next one from Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. Yesterday was simply the best podcast I've heard since I joined. Round of applause. Yes, round of applause to, uh, to us for making it. He says, Zach sounded just slightly still affected by the previous night's drinks. Round of applause for that, he <laughs> says. And I have to disagree with RK when he said, speaking of not being full of crap, Melbourne Bronco says, he says, I am full of crap. I'm the king of talking crap. That's why people love me. Once again, great podcast. Keep up the good work. Cheers. And one final round of applause, man. We absolutely love that. And you know we are going to be bringing the round of applauses into this community. What a what a, what a fun thing. And so happy to hear that you enjoyed our podcast yesterday. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It was we may not we may have sounded a little out of it, but it was it was it was fun to do. A lot of fun. It was. Mile high buck guy. My boys. Quality content as always from you guys. Appreciate all that you do. If Russell isn't available, I'm all in on Baker Mayfield. Always liked Baker and the Browns fans in town here. Pretty much want him gone. Shouldn't be that expensive. You'd be buying low per se. And he has a high ceiling. If he doesn't work out, we can still draft my board CJ Stroud in 2023. Much loving. Cheers, fellas. Alex, well, one thing there, uh, Mile High Buckeye and, and Zach, uh, if you bring in Baker Mayfield, I don't think you're having the type of season that gets you in range of CJ Stroud. I think even a struggle season with C with Baker Mayfield, you're still winning seven games. Oh, 100% Mace, hundred uh, percent. And you're giving up some valuable draft capital this year in order to bring him in. So you're hurting your team a little bit this year, man. I just, I'm not out on Baker as a player, but I'm, almost out on trading for Baker because what it would take, I think the investment you'd have to give in him right away to make him happy. And then, like you said, I mean, you're just, you're not going to be bad enough at all. Baker's probably going to be the best quarterback you've had since Peyton Manning, but how good is he going to be? How consistent can you win with that? And mile, mile high Buckeye, I want to know if the Browns don't want him and all the Browns fans don't want him in town. Are they crazy? Or why do you want someone that the team that he's currently on doesn't want him? Yeah, exactly. And I think this, uh, there may be some concerns about uh, add to preps, but I would also counsel everybody to note uh, he played hurt last year or not hurt. He played injured last year. A lot of guys play hurt. He played injured. He had no business. He had he had no business being out there for a good chunk of that season. I mean, I, I like the toughness certainly. And if Daniel Hackett's looking for toughness, he's gonna he's gonna check that that box. One thing I will say though is, and if if you do kind of start thinking about the Sam Howell conversation, I feel like Sam Howell has a lot of Baker Mayfield's positive, but positives positives, but he doesn't have the negatives. Like right. I don't think Sam Sam Howell I don't think is going to get into a war of words with a reporter. Right. 
Right. I, I certainly agree. I totally agree with you. And also mm-hmm. you talked about that humility earlier yes. with Sam Howell. I think that's something that the, that the Broncos will find very attractive. I love, I love some of the answers that we heard from him publicly at the press conference on Wednesday, because it, I, what I heard from him and yeah, he had a fair amount of cliches, but when he, when he really kind of was, was speaking from the gut, I heard a very humble and self-aware quarterback and, mm-hmm. I, and that's not, and, I think those are traits that are going to help him. He knows he has to do some things better. And the, Hey, the first step is, is no, is knowing that, right. Knowing that right. what I am isn't enough. I've got to do a little bit more there. So I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to hear that. And uh, Hey, I think it'd be really cool to see him develop here. I think he'd do really well with Hackett. I think so too. Tommy Bronco says, good morning, boys from Hawaii. Finally got settled after a long three months and boy, does it feel good. Now for my question, what is the veteran military demographic like in the DNVR community? I know it's a broad question, but if it's a big presence, maybe you guys could introduce a military veterans night at the bar in the month of November, which is military appreciation month. You could invite all of those who served or are currently serving and just come hang out with them, hear their stories and have some fun games. The people I know and known have met in the military are some of the most amazing people I know. Thanks for the consideration as always cheers tommy bronco i love that idea tommy bronco that that's a fantastic idea maybe we can even build it up uh around a broncos game in november and and i know we have a strong uh veteran and military presence in our community and that and that's what makes it so cool is uh we, we just try to have fun with our job we get to do this because of 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 you guys uh and i'm so happy that we can bring uh some fun into people's lives especially people that are that are doing the important jobs absolutely next one coming in from howler bro surf says love all the work this week everyone thanks for the content and commentary on everything going on down there zach i totally get where you're coming from with the love your guy at nine take him but i also really don't mind peyton trusting his intel on other teams and assessing the value of a player relative to the spot and demand of them second this pains me as I was tremendous trash talker of Trubisky, but I wouldn't hate it. He's proven way more than Locke and had the worst conditions around him. I think he ultimately goes to New York with Dayball, but I don't hate bringing him in. Adam Gase effect. Get him away from Matt Nagy and see what he can do. Man, him going to the Giants and having uh, him with Dayball and then a quarterback competition between mm-hmm. him and Daniel Jones. I could see it. I could completely see it now. And, and honestly, I think Trubisky might win the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked about it at all. Trubisky is not a bad quarterback. Just is he much more than an average quarterback? And that's just, again, where I don't want to be. I don't want to just be shooting for average at the quarterback position anymore. I mean, if you go uh, of, of the 59 quarterbacks since 2017, with at least uh, 320 plays, you're talking about Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky and EPA plus completion percentage over expected CPOE. Uh, Trubisky is 36th and Drew Locke is 41st. So 36 of 59, is that what you said? Yes, in EPA yeah. plus plus uh, CPOE. In terms of uh, EP, in terms of EPA per play, Drew Locke is slightly better than Trubisky. And uh, Trubisky, and I believe, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have. Let's see. I, I, can I find the rank here? Yep, Drew Locke is thirty fourth. Trubisky's thirty fifth in EPA per play. So literally right there. Aver- mm. I mean, that's right there mid tier. And by the way, you know who's just ahead of Drew Locke? Who? 
Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah, it's it's time to just not do any of these options. You know, Mace, I this uh if you have a plan here where you bring in a Carson Strong or uh Kenny Pickett and you're pairing him with a Mitchell Trubisky for a year, okay, I can see it. The Broncos just don't feel like they're in that spot right now. They need to totally commit to one guy and one guy only because they've had this wishy-wash. They've had these quarterback competitions. They've had this, uh, well, we're, we're bringing in a, a free agent, and if we get a guy in the draft, that's great. But if not, we're going to roll with this guy. It, I don't want that anymore. you got to fully commit to one guy, and bringing in Mitchell Trubisky is certainly, I hope, a guy that they're not fully committing to. And then if you're bringing him in to pair him with a rookie, just commit to the rookie. Yeah. Now, these metrics, you know who they love? Who? Garoppolo. Ah, but is that the Kyle Shanahan effect? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something that you absolutely have to take mm -hmm. into consideration, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that, uh, man, it's, it's something I hope we're not talking about, but, uh, it's an option out there. Another, another thing, Mitchell Trubisky is a free agent. George Payton, uh, maybe hinted that the Broncos only like one free agent and that's Teddy Bridgewater. So maybe another reason to cross him off the list. Exactly. And final one, Mace coming in from Bronc Oilers says, how realistic realistic of an option is Mayfield as a trade target? I get the sense that Peyton has his eyes on a trade that may not necessarily be Rogers Wilson. And Baker seems like he'd be a target that would make most sense. But is there any substance to the rumors that Baker and the Browns won out? Or is it pure speculation? Also, what do you think is a realistic package for him? Mace, I, I do think that, uh, that there's big time animosity between Baker and the Browns. And I think both ideally would want to move in different directions from each other. I don't, I'm not saying it does happen because I don't think they hate each other, but I think ideally they would want to go separate ways. So I think that if the right trade was put in front of them, uh, that they would accept it. The right trade might be more than you really want to give up at this point too. Right. Right. For a guy that's Browns got one year of team control left. And with that animosity and not loving each other, the Browns have done a good job of not tanking his trade value because it's not out there right now that he's demanding a trade. It's not out there that the Browns are shopping him. And if that was, was the case, then his trade value would tank. But right now that's not out there. So you're, you're not going to get a great bargain on it. Exactly. What do you think that value is right now, Mace? Mm. Uh, I, I think long and hard about trading one of, one of those second round picks. Uh, preferably 60, 64 and maybe even throwing it because it's only one year and and maybe as a sweetener I'd throw maybe you throw in maybe a maybe pick 64 and a and a and a fourth round selection either either this year or next year mm, do you think that would get it done uh probably not but I guess I think that's good value <laughs> right, right. And, and I totally yeah. agree with you. I think that would be good value for Baker. And I think the Browns would say, we're not looking for good value. We're looking for a big time haul. And Mace, I have had a big time fun with you on this podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We're going to be coming live with the Three Ring Circus tomorrow on Friday at noon Denver time. So make sure to stay tuned to YouTube for that. But thank you all so much for tuning into this audio podcast. Mace, feel better please get that tooth all healed and safe travels back home to denver when you make your way back here and we'll be back with you tomorrow on the dnbr broncos podcast for andrew mason i'm zach stevens thank you all so much for rolling with us